GOP presidential candidate Nikki Haley is heading into the New Hampshire primary, trying to overcome self-inflicted wounds. The former UN ambassador is facing backlash over her comments on slavery and racism in America. Listen to what she told my colleague Jake Tapper at a town hall this week. First of all, I will tell you, when you look at, you know, the Declaration of Independence, it was that you know, men are created equal with unalienable rights, right? That was what we all knew. But what I look at it as is I was a brown girl that grew up in a small rural town. We had plenty of racism that we had to deal with. But my parents never said we lived in a racist country. And I'm so thankful they didn't. Because for every brown and black child out there, if you tell them they live or were born in a racist country, you're immediately telling them they don't have a chance. And my parents would always say, you may have challenges. And yes, there will be people who are racist, but that doesn't define what you can do in this country. And so I think it's important that we tell all kids that, look, America is not perfect. We have our stains. We know that. But our goal should always be to make today better than yesterday. It's hugely important. And that's the problem I have is we have too many people with this national self-loathing. It is killing our country. We have got to go back to loving America. We are blessed because that little brown girl in that small rural town in South Carolina, she grew up to become the first female minority governor in history. She then went on to be U.N. ambassador, and now she's running for president of the United States. I want every brown and black child to see that and say, no, I don't live in a country that was formed on racism. I live in a country where they wanted all people to be equal and to make sure that they had life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Okay, but just to, <laughs> just to push back a bit, because I was a history major in New Hampshire, um, you're talking about the ideals of America. But America was founded institutionally on many racist precepts, including slavery. But when you look, it said all men are created equal. I think the intent, the intent was to do the right thing. Now, did they have to go fix it along the way? Yes, but I don't think the intent was ever that we were going to be a racist country. The intent was everybody was going to be created equally. And as we went through time, they fixed the things that were not all men are created equal. They made sure women became equal too. All of these things happened over time. But I refuse to believe that the premise of when they formed our country was based on the fact that it was a racist country to start with. I refuse to believe that. I have to know in my heart and in everybody's heart that we live in the best country in the world and we are a work in progress and we've got a long way to go to fix all of our little kinks. But I truly believe our founding fathers had the best of intentions when they started and we fixed it along the way and we should always look at it. All right, joining me right now is CNN uh, senior writer John Blake. Uh, John, great to see you. You know, you, you wrote a piece for CNN.com about the what is now the 15-year anniversary of President Obama's first inauguration, and that article is, you know, currently uh, the top story on CNN's homepage, and we'll talk about that in a moment. And, you know, the promise that people felt about race during uh, that time uh, of Obama's inauguration. So I wonder, you know, your assessment of, you know, Haley and her comments today and what, what she meant by that, how she kind of um, brings together 
sort of an acknowledgement of racism, right? She says, I, you know, I grew up in Van Berg, South Carolina. I, I had um, moments of racism, but then saying it's her preference not to see racism. Yeah, I, I think on one level, you know, what she says about the country never being racist is absurd from a historical point of view. I mean, clearly the country was racist. White supremacy was a norm in our past. Slavery, Jim Crow, uh, the very formation of the country was forged in racism. I mean, Native Americans were here and they were displaced. But so what she's saying from a historical point of view does not make sense. But from a political view, it makes all the sense in the world to me that she was stumbled upon that question because in the Republican Party, in the MAGA world, uh, they have a different view of racism. And they have this alternative universe where they look back and they don't see racism. I mean, look at the slogan, make America great again. The assumption in that slogan is that the country was once great. Well, for whom and when? And when you ask that question, you have to deal with slavery. You have to deal with Jim Crow. So one of the best ways you deal with that if you're a GOP politician is you ignore it, you minimize it, you rationalize it. So what happens though, when someone asks you a direct question and you're in the habit of ignoring it and minimizing it, what will come out is the kind of answer that Nikki Haley gave. So it's really interesting because, um, you know, she said this this week, and then here today we're hearing the endorsement from South Carolina Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina. And there are, you know, mm -hmm. some real similarities too on, on how Haley and, and Scott have kind of approached this whole idea. Uh, they've both been asked about racism in America, and you've heard from Scott, who essentially uses himself as an example of if I was able to, you know, ascend, if I was able to reach this, then it certainly can't come from a society that anybody would want to call oppressive or racist. So talk to me why Haley and a Scott, um, you know, who, who have lived the experience, right, but why uh, they profess that this rosier view, how is this advantageous for the party, for them as political leaders? Uh, how is this advantageous for the country? Yeah, they, they cannot go high in GOP circles by saying or implying that racism is other than isolated incidents that occur between people. So they have to tell a certain story about racism and then you know, typically in GOP circles, there's this tremendous difference between how they define racism and others. And for them, racism is, you know, the Jim Crow sign, somebody called me a bad word, but I rose above it. But any acknowledgement that racism is more than that, that racism might be systemic, that it might involve the justice system, that it might involve housing and all these things, if they talk in those terms, they will not get far in GOP circles because the GOP party, they, doesn't, they, they do not subscribe to that uh, definition of racism. So what you have to do if you're a person of color, you have to use yourself as an example of, hey, this country can't be racist because look at me, look at my story. So for them, racism is almost like dandruff. It's like a little irritant, but it's not something that's pervasive in this country, either past or the present. Mm. I don't know if you want to call it a coincidence or just how telling it is that here we're having this conversation about this and these latest examples and this is on the 15-year anniversary of President Obama's first inauguration and you wrote um, so eloquent on uh, you know cnn.com about it and really the, the hope and the promise that that moment 
uh, brought, that that campaign brought. But at that moment, mm -hmm. and people were, you know, being reflective in America. Does this mean that we're, you know, we? How far have we come? Are we no longer a racist society? Uh, you know, but then here we are having these conversations about. Um, many who want to deny the truth, deny the journey of this country, and are failing to or unwilling to be introspective about where we are. So how do you kind of classify this moment that we're in? Well, I, yeah, I think you raise a good point because th this discussion is taking place on the very day Obama was inaugurated 15 years ago. But I actually think of Nikki Haley and Tim Scott looked at Obama's example, they could learn something because Obama talked frankly about this country's racism in the past. Mm -hmm. But he said that part of loving the country is the ability to be self-critical and to know that our greatness is not just in the past, but our greatness rests in the future and what we're becoming. And they haven't been able to find the kind of rhetoric, you know, to go there. But he did that so well. He gave a great speech in Selma where he talked about that, that part of patriotism is being self-critical. So that's one of the things I wanted to convey in the story about Obama today. But I also wanted to convey that people had tremendous hope back then and that you need that type of hope if you're going to forge ahead with all these problems ahead. And I'm really concerned that there's so much cynicism right now that people have given up on this country even becoming a multiracial democracy. So that's part of what I wanted to convey with the story today about Obama. Mm, you did it so beautifully done, so beautifully done. Uh, John Blake, Thank and you. again, right here on the air as well with us. Thank you so much, great to see you. Thank you.